thinking they don't need me today. They already heard the voice of God, so. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Blessed to have you guys, your family, as a part of this church. It, it truly is amazing, but guys, everybody doing their part, that's what that looks like. I can't sing, but Jessica more than makes up for what I can't do. You know, when we were packing shoeboxes down there with the youth and... Um, the youth bring something that the old can't. You know, they bring a lot of energy. They bring a lot of unconditional love. They bring a lot of passion. And I'll tell you what, it gives me hope for our future when you see our kids, 25 of them down there packing shoeboxes to give to somebody else. Um, there wasn't a lot of kids running around playing with toys because they knew, they knew what they were for. And guys, I sat at that prayer table because we prayed it over every box. And the prayers that these kids said were genuine. They weren't full of big words. They weren't lengthy. But guess what? It came from their heart. That's something we can look at these kids and learn that it's a heart condition. You know, it's not about what we do. If I never preach another sermon in my life, it doesn't matter because it's about what He has already done for us. But while we're here, we're to make the best of what the gifts He gave us and apply them so that others might come to know Him. That's what we do with our gifts that God gives us because we don't have anything that He hasn't given us down to our last breath. Uh, what a blessing it has been this morning. Let's bow our heads. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, what a wonderful morning you've already blessed us with, Lord. I'm, I'm so thankful um, and joyful in my heart this morning, Lord. Um, energized. Uh, Lord, and it's all because of you. Lord, I'm thankful for what you've done in my life and this church and our community, Lord, the part of the country we live in and our country as itself, Lord, with all of its um, troubles. Lord, I wouldn't choose to live anywhere else. Um, God, I truly am thankful for your blessings. I'm thankful that you thought enough of us to send your son, Lord, to die on a cross for our sins, that it's not about what we do. It's about what he's done. God, I'm thankful that uh, I don't have to live to a certain standard, Lord, because Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross for me. God, that I might have an opportunity to choose you and spend eternity with you. God, I pray for the ones that uh, aren't able to be here this morning, Lord, for whatever reason it is. Um, Lord, I pray that you just bless them and what they're doing. Lord, remind them that today is your day. Uh, God, just fill their hearts with joy. Wrap them up with a hug. Let them know we love them here, Lord, and, and let them feel your presence today. God, I pray that you be with each one here this morning. God, that you would bless the families represented. Lord, that we could leave here rejuvenated in spirit. Lord, full and overflowing. God, that today we might just spend today excited about you and what you're doing. Lord, be with us now as we get into your word. Lord, just speak through me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be in Luke chapter 12 this morning. Um, Anita hit me with that Billy Graham portion and uh, it kind of confirmed what God was working inside of me. And it's funny how you get people 
seeking the presence of God or seeking the Spirit of God and you put them together and they've got one destination in mind, how the Spirit works through them, right? How everything kind of lines up. Um, and the title for my sermon today is Blinded by the Future. We spend a lot of time thinking ahead, planning for the future, right? The future is not something that's guaranteed. Um, I got kind of was looking at this, um, taking my kids hunting. It's kind of where this came into play. Tate was sitting there and had a gun on a shooting stick looking out this blind. And I got him set up and I was adjusting the height of the shooting stick so that he could see level where he was comfortable setting at. And he said, yeah, I can see the bottom of the tree line, you know, perfect height for a deer and all this and that. And then I looked out there and there's this cedar bush, a little cedar sprout right in front of our blind. And I'm like, well, he's going to have to shoot right through that. And I don't know if you guys know how ballistics work, but with a ballistic tip, when it hits something, it expands rapidly. Well, with that little cedar bush sitting right there, it would be kind of like shooting with something with a shotgun from a long ways off. That shell's just going to go like this, and you're not even going to reach your target. But he couldn't see it because he was looking past it. Through the scope that he was looking through, he couldn't see what was right in front of him. And I think we get like that sometimes. We look so much for what's coming and, and what lies ahead and, and what next year is going to be like or what the next holiday is going to do or let me get this after COVID's over. How many times have people said that? So we're all waiting for the next thing, right? Our society is based on the next thing. Look at iPhones. People line up for days to get the next phone, to get the next TV, to get the next deal, to get the next whatever it is, right? We're a society that lives on the next because we're never content in the now. But when you start looking to that, you miss what's right in front of you. I've been guilty as a parent. You know, as our kids were growing up, I, I learned real early on in life that, you know, with Peyton, well, if she could just crawl or if she could just walk or if she could just talk or if she could just make full sentences or if she could just but I realized one day what I was doing is I was always wishing for that next step well if they could just both you know be potty trained then we could go so many more places and then we could you know when they get here then we can do this but what you're doing is you're wishing away the now you're wishing away the time that you have. And like Billy Graham said, I can never get it through to young people that time goes faster than what you think. When I was a teenager, you could never tell me how fast time is going to go where I am now. You know, time just speeds up and it's a devil's tool that time clicks faster and faster and faster. You know, but mom made me realize that the world doesn't spin faster. You just get slower at doing things. You know, it takes you 20 minutes to do something that it used to take you five minutes to do because you do it once and it's wrong and then you got to take it apart and redo it three more times to get it right when you used to just have to do it once. And it was always funny because we always thought about my great-grandpa 
who lived to be 95. And I thought, you know, we always kind of thought like, my gosh, at that age, all you'd have to do is time to wake up, put your pants off, and, and put your pants on, take them back off, and go to bed. I mean, time would be spinning so fast that that's all you'd have time to do. But God tells us to be ready. Always. Not looking ahead. This COVID deal kind of has me worked up in a sense. Because I believe that we're looking past it. We're looking past what we can do now. We're looking at, well, when we can all get together again, or when we can go out into the community, and when we can hold these events, and when we can do more, when we can do more, when we can be more, when we can gather more people, when we can. But guys, we're missing the now. There's people that need us now. They need God's truth now. The important time is now. The day of salvation is now. And you don't want to overlook somebody that you meet on the street because you're headed to church. Right? You're defeating the purpose because you're headed to a building. You forget that you are the church. And your appointed time wasn't at the building. Your appointed time was that person broke down on the side of the road because they needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. But when we look so far ahead, we can't see the now. I've heard people say, this is going to be the last truck I ever buy. And I'm thinking, wow, you know. When you get older, you don't have as much to plan for because it becomes more real that time is shorter than it is longer. So it kind of brings it in perspective. But if you could have that perspective to live in the now when you're younger... What an advantage that would be, right? We have that opportunity because God tells us to be ready, right? He tells us to be ready in season, out of season, all the time to give word for the hope that lies before you. Why do you believe what you believe? Every one of us that are believers should be able to answer that question anytime somebody asks it. And if you're not, then get with me and we'll get an answer. Because we need to be ready if we're walking down the street and somebody asks you where your joy comes from. Why are you so happy? Look around you. Why are you not anxious? Why are you not scared? Why do you walk the way that you walk? You need to be ready to give an answer now for that. And you need to be able to explain to them. Sometimes we were talking about it last night, me and Kenny. We overcomplicate things into this big, horrible ball of mess. It's not about anything that we're doing. It's about what he's already done, and that's all we have to explain is the truth. We have hope because God, our creator, sent his son to die on a cross for our sins that we may have everlasting life. The only way to the Father is through the Son. But we've got to be ready to give that answer at any time. We've got to be ready to explain the simplicity because, guys, when you're explaining complicated math that doesn't, to somebody that doesn't know basic math, you've got to simple it down a little bit. Not treat them like they're dumb, but you've got to make it basic. And the basics are, is Jesus Christ came, lived, died, and was resurrected for us. And now sits on the right hand of the Father. That's it. 
That's the hope we have. Now, you want to get into the minute stuff of how everything played out? You can, and that's great because we need to in our walk. We need to grow spiritually. But when you're explaining it to somebody, tell them how easy it is. I baptized the little boy after I baptized my daughter because he said, I didn't know it was going to be that easy. Right? I didn't know it was going to, I would have done this a long time ago had I known that it was going to be this easy. Right? But fear creeps in, right? And it holds us back from doing the things that we should be doing. But the great commission that God sent us with is to go spread the truth. Go tell of the joy that you have inside of you. It doesn't say except for when COVID-19 pandemic hits. It doesn't talk about if everybody's don't withhold, you know, withhold it from the lepers because I don't want you getting close to them. It doesn't say that. It doesn't give a social status. It doesn't give a timing. Go out, spread it, tell it, show people your love, no parameters. Only when you're young, only when you're old. It doesn't say that. Go do it now. Because we don't know that tomorrow's going to be here. Go do it now. Be ready now. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. I better give everything I've got today because tomorrow I might not be able to give it ever again. We don't know what tomorrow holds. In Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 35... Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 35. It says, Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, that may open unto him immediately. Who thinks the Lord's coming in the next five minutes? Who thinks the Lord's coming tomorrow? Who thinks it's going to be 20 years from now? We don't know. He says to be ready always. Because we don't know when He's coming. But I know that a lot of us live like it's not going to be in our lifetime. We live like the Lord's not coming back today. We live like the Lord's not coming back tomorrow. But He says, Have your loins girded about and your light burning as if you're waiting for the Lord to come back and get you. Live your life as if you're waiting for the Lord to come in the next 10 minutes of your life. If we could all live like that, we would all be a lot better off, right? Because a lot of things we wouldn't worry about. How am I going to make my mortgage payment? What kind of insurance do I need? What school are my kids going to go to? What's the best outfit to wear, right? Lord's coming in 10 minutes. Guess what? Shh, don't care. Don't care. I'm going to go talk to the people that I know that don't have the Lord in their heart because I want to get to them before the Lord comes back, right? You want one more chance for the people that don't believe to believe. So why can't we live with that sense of urgency always? That My gosh, I don't know where that person stands. I better go check it out because the Lord's going to be here. We've got eight minutes now. 
I'm going to make that phone call because the Lord's going to be here and they won't have that chance again. I got to tell them one more time. And then I got to go because it's their decision because I got to call the next person. Or I got to go see the next person. Or I'm on the way to church and the Lord's coming back after church, so I better stop and I better help this person on the side of the road because they may not know the Lord as Savior. It says, have your loins girded and your lights burning like the Lord's coming back. It says, blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. Blessed are those servants when the Lord comes back. It doesn't matter. They're sitting there. They're waiting. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're being watchful because they expect the Lord to come get them. They live in a way said, blessed are those servants that live their life according to the fact that I'm coming back to get them. And they stay attentive. They don't slumber. See, I think Christians, we as a whole have used this pandemic to kind of go to sleep. To kind of slumber a little bit, right? To do different things because we're not always meeting so we can do something else. We're not meeting as often so we can do something else. We're not meeting as long so we can do something else. Guys, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to get lackadaisical. Look what has happened since March. Look what has happened since March. States are legalizing drugs again and again and again. There's rioting in the streets. There's rumors of wars. There's people walking around like life has no consequences and nobody's saying anything. Why? Because Christians aren't gathering. Christians aren't gathering. They feel a need to, to kind of hold back because we don't want to spread disease. And I get that. And that's fine. But guys, there's still a job to do. And every day that we don't wake up and fulfill our purpose and will that God has for us is a day that Satan is still ravaging people. You think Satan has slacked off during COVID-19 pandemic? I believe that he's escalated his attack. That he says, guess what? God's people aren't gathering in the house as much as they used to. They're not praying together as often as they used to. They've become lackadaisical. Now is my time. Now is my time. I believe that the church has to come out of its slumber because what's happening in our country will ruin our country. God's asking for his people to stand up. He says, the people that are called by my name. He's not looking for Joe Blow off the street. He's, he's looking for his children to come together and unite to help defend this country. That's what he's looking for. We're going to go out there and we're going to share the gospel. 
we're going to go out there and we're going to try to recruit more army members for God's army because that's what God tells us to do. That is our purpose. We're going to go out there and we're going to show them God's love, God's grace, and God's mercy because that's what God showed us. And we're going to do it because we genuinely have a care about all of God's creation and we wish none of it to perish like our Creator wishes none of His creations to perish. But the time is now. Oh, there's a pandemic going on. I'm not going to go do this. Find out a different way. Use a phone instead of going to the house. But don't stop calling. You still go to the grocery store. Don't stop talking. Don't stop writing if you write blogs. Don't stop speaking if you speak. Don't stop singing if you sing. Now's not a time to quit. Now is a time to make sure that your lantern is filled with oil and that your wick is trimmed and burning and that your loins are girded because we are now closer than we have ever been to the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So it is not a time to fall and slumber and sleep and slack off because the world is more dependent on us now than it ever has been. Because we carry something that they don't have. And it's a light in the darkness. It's a truth amongst lies. It's joy and unhappiness. It's peace among the unrestful. Now more than ever, this world needs joy, peace, and love. And we get it straight from the source that created it. And the world needs it. It says, blessed are those servants when I come back are doing the purpose that I gave them to do, that are standing at watch, at attention, that have not slacked off, that have not slumbered. Blessed are those servants that are still standing at watch. In verse 39, it says, Then this know, that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken in. Right? It would be far easier to know when he's coming back. Because then you could do whatever you wanted to do, and at the last second, change your life. I don't believe that you could actually do that, but that's the theory. But we don't need to know that information. Why? Because we are called to a purpose each and every day of our life, however long or short that it is. God purposes your day. Your purpose is to love your neighbor as yourself, to put God above all else, and to spread the truth about Jesus Christ the Savior. If you wake up today and you said, I have nothing to do, you lie because you have something to do. Get after it. Go talk to somebody. Go walk the walk. Go talk the talk. Put your buddy where your mouth is. If we're profession to be Christians, act like it. There's not a time for slothfulness because there's still lost people out there. God says he wishes none to perish. We should wish the same thing. That gets hard sometimes because people don't always do you right, right? People don't always love us like we love them. But like I said last week, 
the way people love you has no precedence on the way that you love them because he says even thieves can love themselves. Right? Even thieves can love those that love them. It's easy. But loving somebody that hates you, that's godly. That's godly. Verse 40, it says, Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give him their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth, I say unto you, that he will make him the ruler over all that he hath. But, and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware. And he will cut him asunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. <laughs> I didn't say it, guys. God's word said it. If he says in his heart that he delays his coming and I don't have to live anymore like God is going to show up on my doorstep tomorrow, I'm going to go do whatever I want to do and God comes back during that time, he says, you're going to be cut asunder. You're going to be listed with the unbelievers. Because you don't believe God's word. Because the Lord says that he's coming a day and an hour that you won't know. So by saying that the Lord delay is coming, you're saying that God is lying and he's not coming when he said he was going to come. That he's not coming now, he's coming later. I, for one, am not going to stand there and call God a liar. <laughs> because it says what will happen when you do that. You'll be cast out with the unbelievers. Just is what it is, because you're not believing that God says that he can come any day and hour in which he chooses. The only reason he has not come yet is because he loves us, he has mercy on us, and he wishes none to perish. So if there is one more that might say yes to him, he wants to wait on that person. I believe that he's waiting for his children to stand up and to be loud and for a world to hear them, that the rest that are waiting to come to the saving grace, to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, will come. And then it's over. That might be today, guys. The last person might be saying yes in a service this morning, halfway around the world. Five minutes from now, we may not be here. As me and Kenny sat here last night, though, said, what better place if we were going to die that it wouldn't be at a church at 9.30 on a Saturday night? <laughs> Why not? Nothing said that me and Kenny were going to make it out of here alive last night. Nothing says that you're going to make it home alive today. We waste not the time that God has given us, right? We live with purpose. We're driven by God and His purpose on our life. The time is now. Somebody's salvation might be hinging on you stopping alongside the road on the way home. Stopping to take time to talk to somebody in town and country. Stopping to take time to write that letter home 
to make that phone call? Guys, I don't know. But you don't know either. And you can't live like you do. That's what I'm saying. Time is important. You can't miss the now because you're waiting on later. Robin said she wanted to get baptized. I said, all right, when? Let's do it soon. Let's do it now. Because the time is now. When you're not guaranteed anything, the time becomes now. And guys, we're not guaranteed anything. We're guaranteed that the Lord says he's coming back to gather his children. That's what we're guaranteed. I don't want to be caught doing something I shouldn't be doing. I want to be the ones that he calls blessed. Because if God calls them blessed, I'm going to say that they're blessed. Because that's not by human standard. That's by godly standard, a standard that I would know nothing about living up to. Right? So if God says, I'm going to call this person blessed... That's where I want to be. That's where I want to be standing in the group of people that God calls blessed. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be out there cut asunder. Verse 46, it says, The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask more." I can't speak to everyone personally in this room, but looking around, I don't think any of us are hurting too bad. I can speak for my family. The Lord has blessed us immensely. That's why I believe that our purpose is great. That's why we use the things that the Lord has given us to give back to his children, to his kingdom. Money, cars, houses, guys, it's all temporal. Stuff in the grand scheme of things makes no difference. Talking about losing a job, talking about this and that and the other, the Lord says he'll provide. But to whom much is given, much is required. Guys, I believe that this church is one of the most giving and dedicated churches that I've ever been a part of, and I'm thankful to be a part of it. But the more God blesses us and the more God sees us doing, the more he's going to require. Boy, why? Because he wants somebody that is willing. He wants a body that is willing. He wants a child that is willing that will say yes to do whatever he needs them to do because that child is committed to the kingdom of God and will be committed to the kingdom of God. And he promises us that if you commit yourself to the kingdom of God, there isn't a thing here on this earth that can tear you out of my hand. That's a promise. Let's commit there. Let's go there. Let's be committed to the kingdom of God where nothing can rip us apart. 
then we can stand in the assurance that whenever the Lord comes back, we're standing there, loins girded and lamp burning, saying, I'm ready. I hope that I see you coming in the distance so you don't even have to knock. I can just swing the door open and be like, I'm here, take me. <laughs> right? I don't want him to have to knock a couple times. I want to beat him to the punch. I want to say, I'm ready, let's go. Because I get excited, guys. I get excited about what the Lord does. I get excited to do His purpose and His will. If you ever get depressed, down and out, and feeling sorry for yourself, go serve somebody else and you will be restored because serving is a blessing in itself. Go help somebody else because it gets your mind off of you because that's not where your mind's supposed to be. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn, but I come to serve. Come to serve everybody around me. He washed his disciples' feet. He healed. He restored. That's what Jesus came to do. So why would we come to do any different than that? He said the servant is never greater than the master. So if Jesus came to serve, guess what we came to do? We're supposed to mimic his life, right? I'm, like, I'm glad that Robin today has decided to get baptized. Why? Because Jesus got baptized. The Bible says repent and be baptized. I'm going to say if there's anybody else here today, Robin would not mind to share the spotlight at all. We'll dunk a whole bunch of people and we'll baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because guys, it ain't about me. The Bible says repent and be baptized. Be ready. Be ready now. Don't put it off. I put off my baptism for three years. By God's grace, he allowed me and kept calling me and wouldn't give up on me. Guys, that's not always the case. I want to stand before you today and I want to say that my loins are girded and my lamp is lit. And I don't want to be the only lamp on my street. I want you guys to be trimmed and ready. Living today like the Lord is coming back. Living out your purpose like the Lord is coming back today. That today is not made to be wasted, but today has a purpose. And I believe that everybody is here today for a purpose. God is so good. But let's not get slack. Let's not get restful. Let's not get lazy just because different things are going on. Today, this time during this pandemic, there is more opportunity to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ than ever before because people have so many questions with no answers. There are so many questions. What do you do in school? What do you do in community? What do you do with businesses? What do you do with finances? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? It's what I hear all the time. I sit on a lot of boards. And I'm involved in a lot of different things. And the question is, is what do we do? Keep pressing forward for the kingdom of God. That's what we do. So what you got to worry about. You keep living for the kingdom of God. God says, guess what? I'll take care of all this other mess. You got the question, what do we do? I've got the answer. Live a life for the kingdom of God. What does that solve? Everything. <laughs> it's all worked out. You don't got nothing else to worry about. 
Guys, if you would, please stand with me today. We're going to open up the altars. Don't get lackadaisical. Don't get lazy. Just because we're not meeting as often as for as long, call friends, call people. Just have a conversation. Two people get together, talk about the Bible. God says, I am there with you in that meeting. Why? Because you're having church. You don't have to wait until 1045 on a Sunday morning to have church. Call a friend, talk about God's word, you're having church. Say, where can I be better for the kingdom of God? Help me, show me, pray together. Call three people, call four people, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is we're all unified in our goal, in our objective. Live today like there's not going to be a tomorrow. Talk to that person now. Solve that problem now. Get over that hate now, that unforgiveness now. Let's start loving people now. Such a great time. Such an opportune time. God designs things in a way that we will never understand. But I believe that there is a purpose in all this mess. And I believe that the opportunity to spread the gospel now is unlike any other time in the past. Because people are asking questions. They're coming to me. I don't know if they're coming to you, but I've got people coming to me daily asking questions. That's a great thing because it always starts with asking of questions. And you get an opportunity to show them God's grace and God's mercy and God's love. So come to the altar today if you want to change your life now, if you want to start living a different life, it can change now. If you want to repurpose yourself or you've got questions, come to the front, ask them. Ask them now. We're here to learn, grow with one another in a neutral space, a safe space where we all love and care for one another and we mourn together and we rejoice together, right? In all things, we do it together because we are one body under one head, pulled together by one spirit. And I believe it. Come today. Pray with us. The altars are open. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Let me be like you in all my ways. Give me your strength, teach me your song, shelter me in the shadow of your wings, for we are yours, righteousness, if we die to ourselves and live through your death. We shall be born again to be blessed in your love. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Let me be like you in all my ways. Give me your strength. Teach me your song, shelter me in the shadow of your wings. 
ourselves and live through your death. We shall be born again to be blessed in your Say 